Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. It's great to have the energy in the room. Um, I'm so happy to have you all here this morning. My name is Dan Koop Lichty, and it's my pleasure to be here as Director of Alumni Engagement and International Student Advisor. We warmly welcome all alumni and families of current students, grandparents, parents, and siblings who are here with us this weekend. Thanks so much for making the effort to be here. Today, we are privileged to learn more about a few of our many outstanding alumni. First, though, I'm pleased to introduce the members of our Alumni Council who are here on campus for their semi-annual meetings. Please stand, Alumni Council. I want to especially note that the GC student body is represented on the Alumni Council this year by Wendo Casilla. It, it's now my pleasure to ask Dr. Alba, Erica Albertine, Director of Athletics, to come to the stage. She is going to tell us more about the champions of character honors that are awarded each year. Good morning, everyone. Like Dan said, my name is Dr. Erica Albertine, the Director of Athletics here at Goshen College. And I have the honor of introducing our two Champions of Character um, Award winners. So we're very excited this year um, for Jason Potsander, a grad from 2001. He's the Dr. Roman Gingrich Champions of Character winner. And he will be able to share some more of his story, um, and we're excited to introduce him more at the Champions of Character reception tomorrow afternoon. Secondly, we have Katie Sowers, a grad from 2009, and she is the Dr. Ruth Gundon Champions of Character Award winner for this year. And she'll also have time tomorrow um, to discuss and talk about and share her story for us. So those are our two Champions of Character, winners, um, and let's give them both a round of applause. So as Erica said, um, you will hear, you'll have an opportunity to hear more directly from them tomorrow, but I do want to tell you a little bit more about each of them. So um, Katie and Jason, if you could just come up here and um, and let me say a little bit about why these are our champions of character awardees um, for 2022. <clears throat> so Katie Sowers, class of 2009, has shaken the world of sport wherever she has been earning repeated recognition for her character and her athletic accomplishments. Sports have always been an important part of Katie's life, and she has played a lot of them, from basketball to volleyball, track and field, softball, soccer, and football. 
Katie started her collegiate career at Heston College in Kansas before transferring to GC and becoming a Maple Leaf. She played on her basketball team, two seasons on the track and field team, and she played soccer for one year here at Goshen. She was an NAIA scholar-athlete all three years at Goshen, and she holds the GC record for javelin throw at 132 feet and nine inches. <laughs> So y'all, I want you to beat that. Sorry, Katie. But there, there's, your, there's your standard to beat. After graduating from Goshen with a degree in physical education, Katie played professional football for eight years for the West Michigan Mayhem and the Kansas City Titans. She was the MVP with the United States Women's National American Football Team at the 2013 International Federation of the American Football Women's World Championship. Katie then worked her way into the NFL, first as an intern with the Atlanta Falcons and then as offensive assistant coach with the San Francisco 49ers. She was only the second woman to hold a full-time NFL coaching position and she's the first openly gay coach in the NFL, helping to lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl in 2020. <clears throat> Katie now serves full-time as the Director of Athletic Strategic Initiatives at Ottawa University in Kansas. She's listed as one of the most, of one of the 100 most influential women in sport by Sport360 and has been featured in numerous publications and magazines. So congratulations, Katie. Jason Potsander, class of 2001, grew up in Wellman, Iowa. He competed in cross country and track at Iowa Mennonite School, which is now Hillcrest Academy. <laughs> And as a high schooler, he completed the Register's annual Great Bike Ride across Iowa three times. <clears throat> Jason was attracted to Goshen College because he sensed it was a place where he could ask questions about things that mattered to him. As a Maple Leaf, he competed in cross country and track. <clears throat> he led Bible studies and was active and supportive in the International Students Club. Jason, who lives in Goshen with his wife, Heather Graber Potsander, and their three children who are here, has been an elementary school teacher for 21 years. He also enjoys competing at the highest levels in running, triathlons, swimming, and bicycling events in all types of weather conditions. <clears throat> and some of the most impressive accomplishments in Jason's life have come recently after his diagnosis of stage four pancreatic cancer and in the midst of many cycles of chemotherapy. His sporting events have included gravel courses and tandem mountain biking. And in 2020, he completed an Everest bike ride in under 24 hours, continuously riding up and down a hill until reaching the equivalent height of Mount Everest summit, more than 29,000 feet.
And he told me this morning that this weekend he's taking his kids up to Michigan. They're also cycling competitors, and um, they'll be competing in an elite Michigan cycling event for people their age. Yeah. <laughs> In 2020, we, the Goshen College Cross Country Heart Award was renamed the Jason Potsander Character Award to honor his legacy as a maple leaf. Congratulations, Jason. Again, Katie and Jason will speak at the Champions of Character Reception, which is tomorrow at noon in the Church Fellowship Hall. I'd now like to invite Gretchen Nice, who is um, our Alumni Council Chair, to come up and just say a bit about the Culture First Service and Young Alumni Awards. So uh, yesterday at our alumni council meetings, I learned that there are over 20,000 Goshen College alumni that are living today. Uh, I'd never thought about that number for, before. I don't know why, but I thought that was a really interesting number to, to, to think about. It's, it's maybe small compared to the population of the world, but it's pretty big when you think about 20,000 people going out in the world and affecting their communities. Um, in 1989, the Alumni Council created the Culture for Service Award to recognize two of those 20,000 alums every year for contributions they've made in their communities through either personal or professional endeavors. And then in 2004, the Alumni Council created the Young Alumni Servant Leadership Award to recognize young alumni, which is defined as someone in their first 15 years after graduation who is also living out the culture for service motto in their community and having an impact through their career or volunteer activities. So as a member of the Alumni Council, I'm honored to be a part of the selection process for these awards, and I'm also honored to be here today and meet these people and see these representatives of the 20,000 of us who call ourselves Goshen College alumni. So next I have the honor to introduce this year's winner of the Young Alumni Servant Leadership Award, and that is um, Mr. Stefan Lucky. Stefan is a teacher in Michigan, and today he is teaching and was unable to get away from his classroom to join us, but he sent us a video that, that you will see momentarily. But let me tell you a little bit about him. Stefan Lucky, class of 2015, is a seventh grade teacher at Cassopolis Middle School, and he's also the varsity girls bas basketball coach at Cassopolis High School. He sets an example every day of what it means to show respect to all people, regardless of background or worldview. 
Stefan's love of basketball is what led him to Goshen College and later led him around the world. And I see our basketball coach, Kyle Caps. I think you played with Stefan. <laughs> um, at Goshen College, Stefan particularly enjoyed the welcoming nature of the community and the professors who supported him. He earned his degree in physical education. Before becoming a teacher, Stefan was a personal trainer in Vietnam and played, coached, and mentored in Australia. The skills and experiences Stefan gained during his international work continue to serve him in his current work with youth, offering a deep appreciation for the diverse backgrounds that he encounters from his students and players. Stefan was recently elected as a city council member on the Cassopolis, Michigan Village Council, where he lives. And he continues to work there at developing opportunities with a special focus on the children in his community. So our congratulations to Stefan, and here are his words to us this morning. How are we doing, Goshen students and alumni? This is Stefan Lucky speaking from Cassopolis, Michigan, class of 2015. I'm here to receive the Goshen College Young Alumni Servant Leader Award. Um, there's a long list of people I would like to thank. Uh, but I won't do that right now. I'll save that for a later date just so I don't forget anybody. Um, but I, will, I would like to thank God because without him, none of this would be possible. This video won't be too long. I won't take up too much of your time. Um, and thank you uh, to Goshen College for letting me send in a video. Um, I'm fairly new to my job. I don't have any personal days to just spread around. So thank you again for that. Talk a little bit about Goshen College and being a servant leader and how, how it's impacted my life. Um, at Goshen, I was only there for three years of my college career. Each year, I was presented with uh, something that would require me to be a servant. Um, naturally, I was a leader, being a point guard, um, so the servant part I, was, I wasn't too fond of. I was always worried about myself. Um, my co coach Young, he would definitely instill in me that it's, that it's not about me. Um, some of you may know I was, you know, a little bit trying to be showtime and, and this and that. Just, just worried about myself and worried about my hype and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so moving on uh, in my career, I end up playing um, semi-pro ball. I end up going to Vietnam. I end up playing uh, pro ball in Australia. And uh, eventually I was not able to play anymore due to an injury. Um, and that's when I figured out that it wasn't about me and everything that I went through at Goshen of being a servant and not just a leader would have to transition into the real world and the occupa occupations I have today. Um, I'm currently giving back as a varsity basketball coach. Um, I'm currently a seventh grade teacher here at Cassopolis, Michigan. Um, these are all serving serving others, uh, serve the community. Um, I work for the Village Council uh, here in Cassopolis. Um, and I think the one thing that I used to not be a servant and only be a leader um, necessarily was taken, taken away from me. And it, it actually taught me and then made me look back on my time at GC and appreciate it a little bit more. Um, from what they were trying to instill in us uh, basketball-wise, uh, on and off the court, in the classroom. Uh, Professor Dean Rhodes, he never gave up on me uh, with Spanish. I'm a horrible Spanish speaker till this day. Um, I'm sorry about that. I still don't know how to speak Spanish. Um, Coach Young, Coach Hunt, uh, even my teammates, Coach Kyle Capps, uh, Trevor Commissaris, Jerron, they, they always you know, push me to be better, a better man. Um, and. I, I just realized that being a servant would, would outweigh, I would need that too, 
to connect with being a leader. Um, and with that said, uh, I have a, a quote from Kyle Caps. And this, this is before I received the award. Um, I was scrolling on Instagram and end up screenshotting it. Um, and he knows, and he knows I, have, I have it. So it says, when you serve for others, sometimes it burns you. Uh, most of the time you reap the reward. So can just continue being a servant leader that you are. The good outweighs the bad. Um, so with that said, no, you know, no matter what, uh, most of the time you may or may not uh, receive uh, the benefits um, from being a servant leader. Um, you don't necessarily need to, to search for a benefit. Uh, but once you do that and once you really wholeheartedly become a servant leader and you, you join those both together, um, good things happen. And now I'm in the position I am today uh, to help others, to help the youth in Cassopolis and um, everywhere else that I might touch down at. So yet again, I thank you, Goshen College, um, for accepting me for this award. Um, I will be on campus on Saturday. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it today. Sorry about that. Um, but yet again, thank you. And now it's time to recognize our two Culture First Service um, award winners. And the first of those is Dr. Dan Miller. Dan, why don't you come up and stand with me as I introduce you and then make your remarks. And Dan's here with a couple of pews of Millers down there. It's great to see. As a doctor and business leader, Dr. Dan Miller, class of 1961, has spent over 60 years building a life focused on faith through action and service. While studying at Goshen College, Dan became involved with various groups that helped deepen his faith and introduce him to the intersections of faith and science. His experiences with his peers and his environment helps him to refine what it means to live a Christian life and provided new definitions and examples of service to the community. He eventually decided to pursue a pre-med degree here at Goshen. And after he graduated, he went on and became a medical doctor. He returned to his home community of beautiful rural Holmes County, Ohio, where he opened a family practice and became trusted and beloved by his community. Over the years, as the medical needs of the community grew, he brought five new medical practitioners to the county. When Dr. Dan retired after 40 years, he went on to serve on the boards of the Mennonite Economic Development Association, Commercial Savings Bank, and Dutchman Hospitality Group. Dan has a faithful heart for God, for his family, and for people in need. Dan and his wife, Mary, reside in Walnut Creek, Ohio. They have four children, all here, and 10 grandchildren. Congratulations, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Becky, and good morning. First of all, I'd like to introduce people that have been a very critical part of my journey, that is our family. Mary, my wife of 61 years, and our children, uh, Cindy, Bart, married to Margaret, uh, Eric, married to Jody, and Heidi, married to Merle. 
they're all here this morning and have been a very important part of my life. I'd also like to recognize Bob and Sue Miller. They've been business partners of ours for many years and they have established uh, an example of how business can be a, serv a, a servant uh, model uh, in their leadership up at Middlebury, which is close to here. I came to Goshen 65 years ago, uh, September 1957. I had just graduated from high school, <clears throat> a small rural high school. I always wanted to be a medical doctor. I enjoy it science. I took every science course that the high school offered, which was one year of biology. <clears throat> so uh, I had math through ge uh, geometry. So I came to Goshen, enrolled as a pre-med student, and uh, I soon found out that uh, some things had to happen to make that possible. A lot of the chemistry, freshman chemistry students had at least two years of chemistry. Um, and it was, it was tough. But there were two areas that, were so imp that got to be so important at Goshen College. One was we had a, uh, called a Christian, a Young People's Christian Association. And it, allows, it allowed students to develop leadership uh, abilities. But more importantly, it encouraged students to gather in what we would call today cell groups. Uh, groups, students would get together, they'd have prayer meetings, they would discuss vital issues, uh, and it was a community within the college community. Uh, and when you think of that, that's something that you use the rest of your life, the importance of, of community. Uh, the other thing was the professors. We had professors that were extremely uh, available, that they were accessible, and they were good role models. And I could speak a long time about that, but education consists of two parts. One is uh, learning facts and figures, and the other is how to apply that to one's own personal life. So we had professors who did just that. J. Lawrence Burkholder taught uh, Introduction to Philosophy and he taught us all the, the uh, thinking of the great philosophers, but then he spent at least two periods saying how those aspects of different philosophers fitted into his Christian philosophy. Uh, Frank Bishop taught us what evolution was all about, and then spent time telling us how parts of that were probably true, but other parts were in conflict with the biblical uh, creation story. John Oyer taught history from a Christian perspective. So my, my years at Goshen College were probably the most influential and formative years in my life. And after I got out of Goshen College, I was admitted to my first choice uh, medical school, which was Ohio State University. Mary and I got married just before uh, medical school we moved to Columbus, Ohio, and at the end of that, it was during the Vietnam War, and many Mennonite doctors, because they were conscientious objectors, <clears throat> would serve time in, in Puerto Rico or India or Africa. But we were called to come back to Holmes County. Uh, the 
officer that called said, we need you here. Uh, Holmes County is considered a uh, medical indigent county. And if you come here, you don't have to worry about uh, the, the draft. So that seemed to be a door that opened and we took advantage of it. Now, Holmes County, Ohio has a large Amish population. And so what does that mean in a rural, solo rural practice? Well, <clears throat> to me, it meant being on call 24-7 uh, to take care of patients who got sick or had accidents when you weren't in the office. It meant being available at 2 o'clock in the morning when it seemed almost all women wanted to have their babies. <clears throat> it meant making a lot of house calls. It meant serving on the county health board for many years. It meant educating, educating patients that depression and diseases such as bipolar disease were not the results of a lack of faith, but they had a biological cause. It meant working with local officials to help par parents become educated about drug use and abuse among, uh, among youth. After I retired from medicine, after 40 years, I became more involved in our family-owned hospitality company. And there again, the opportunities of service are ever-present, uh, providing both uh, for your employees as well as your guests. So I have a, what I would advise for students today is the following. <clears throat> Don't give up your idealism. We need more of that in our world today. Take full advantage of the opportunities you have at Goshen College to further your idea of how to serve others. Uh, SST was not here when I was here. It came afterwards, but again, a tremendous opportunity to learn about serving others. Allow the Lord to lead your life by going through open doors and accepting doors that close. Uh, I think that's the story of our life. Uh, it makes life a lot less stressful if you realize that you are not in charge, but let the Lord be in charge. Now, somebody said that the, that the Lord never closes a door, that he doesn't open another door. And I think that's probably true. And serve others regardless of where God leads you. I like the quote from Albert Einstein, only a life living in the service of others is worth living. Uh, a lot of truth to that. Another face of service that we often don't recognize is giving back. Uh, our lives have been enriched by giving back uh, to, in, to Goshen College, some of our resources. Uh, it's giving to, for the purpose of young people, which is really the future. Uh, we're history, basically. Finally, I'd like to thank Goshen College for honoring me with this recognition. It means a lot to me and the family. And be assured that the motto, Culture for Service, is as important today as it was 65 years ago. Thank you.
Thank you, Dan. Our second award winner this fall is Evelyn Duick. Why don't you come on up and I'll tell you a little bit about Evelyn. Evelyn Duick, class of 1981, is a catalyst for positive change and community engagement in her hometown of Berlin, Massachusetts. Evelyn knows how to bring people together around a common purpose. She brought about the transformation of two neglected historic buildings, turning them into vibrant community centers. One of her projects was 19 Carter, a renovated Methodist church that allows a space, that created a space where people of all generations and viewpoints can connect over music, art, food, and shared conversations. Evelyn raised the capital funds for the project, led the restoration team, and recruited hundreds of volunteers. To this day, Evelyn trains, schedules, and manages over 300 volunteers in her community. In addition to 19 Carter, Evelyn also transformed the 1870 Town Hall building into a venue for programs, social events, gatherings, and arts. Janet Woodward, a volunteer who recommended Evelyn for the award, said, Evie trusts in connections between people and throughout the world that go beyond the tangible and temporal, which gives her a relaxed and happy approach to her life and work. Evelyn continues to live in Berlin where she and her late husband, Don, raised their two adult daughters. Congratulations, Evelyn. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Can everybody hear me? I have to learn this new system. Yes, it's great. All this technology here, it wasn't here when I grew up. <laughs> it's great though, huh? Um, so thank you very much for the award. I'm honored and privileged to be here. Um, when I left here after going to Goshen College, I have not really been back much, so it's really fun to be here and see all the changes and yet see all the sameness because I grew up in this church. And uh, um, spoiler alert, I'm gonna show a picture of some Sunday school girls sitting right back there. Anyway, so the reason I got this award is because I took two, uh, or I was involved with uh, two historic buildings in my town center. So I live in Berlin, Massachusetts, and it has 3,000 people in it. So it's a small town, and it has a cute New England look to it. Um, in the center of town is a big white church, and then it's a triangle, and then there's historic buildings around the outside. So in that little circle, there were two condemned buildings. And I got on the committee to restore the 1870 town hall, and we fixed that up, and it was used for events and uh, contra dances and theater groups. And by the time we were done, it was uh, filled with about 300 events a year, which was very exciting. It was really building on what had been done before. So I like to think of, of our life and the work of my work anyway as, you know, life comes and goes. So the building was built in 1870 and it was a thriving center and then it sort of declined and then we, I was on the upsurge again. So I sort of built on what was already, had been done previously. 
the building I really am excited about, of course I'm excited about that one, not that I'm going to play favorites on buildings, but I'm going to tell you more about 19 Carter, which is the old Methodist church, they called it, because it was built in 1887, and it was across the common from the 1870 town hall. Um, and I think the theme of when I think about my work in Berlin has been creating conditions for connecting. And that's a tagline we actually came up with because we were trying to figure out how to talk about this space. Um, don't know if any of you have heard, but in Britain, they've established a uh, chair of the, whatever you call it, government chair on loneliness. I don't know if you've heard of that. There's actually a person that pays attention to the people that are lonely in Britain. So that's sort of a problem I think we have in our culture. People, many people are lonely if you don't go to a church or there's a lot of clubs that aren't around anymore. So we address that with 19 Carter. It's, it's like an antidote to loneliness. So let me tell you about it. And before I start with a little slideshow, because of course pictures are so much more fun than just talking, um, let me just say that this award really goes to Obviously, I'm taking the award. I was the leader. I know I'm important, but it's really not about me. It's about this project, and it's about the literally hundreds of people that have made it happen. So I consider myself the catalyst. I'm the leader. Um, I, I sort of joke I'm the benevolent dictator, so I, I do have some power. But, you know, you can't do this kind of project without literally hundreds of people. All right, so let's start with this slideshow. There we go. So this is how it looks now. We're starting with the now. Um, and I have books that I'll tell you about in a minute. All right, let's not get off track. All right, here we go. Oh, there it is. So we started with it looking like this. So you can imagine, it's cute, isn't it? it like, if, you, if this is in your town center, you'd be like, can't we fix that up? You know, like, why don't we do something? And since I had done some work at the 1870 Town Hall, a lot of people came to me and said, Evie, come on, think of something, think of something. And I couldn't think of anything for a long time. We all agreed that the building was worth restoring. And that's very enjoyable. Restoring a beautiful historic building, love it. But once it's restored, what's the point? If it's a museum, great. But how many museums do you need? So it took a while, but we finally figured it out. And it sort of came to me, and we can use words like vision or whatever, but um, it came to me that what we needed in Berlin was a place to gather, a place that was open all the time, a place that welcomed everyone. And I sort of spun off this idea of how to use the building. So we formed a nonprofit, we bought the building, and we started talking to the community. This is the lower level, and it's actually cleaned up. So I didn't bring an original picture, but um, you, can, you probably can't tell, but basically the foundation was buckling. So we had to take out the foundation completely, raise the building up, and pour a new foundation, which seemed daunting to many people, and as I look back, I think, oh my God, that was a lot of work. But at the time, I looked at each sort of problem that we came up with or issue, and I said, okay, how much does that cost, or what would it take to do that? And I had many people help me. So the beginning stages, the beginning couple years, I worked with builders and, and construction people and foundation people, and I asked them the question, is it worth restoring this building? I also met with donors to say, 
If we restored this building, could you throw some money our way? Not an important thing to do. Um, so back to the vision, I had the idea that it would look like this, that we'd sit around playing games and um, we'd have art on the walls and uh, the vision just sort of grew. We would have a place that you could buy art, local artists could sell their art. We would be open every day, nine to five. We would be run by volunteers. We would have a cup of tea all the time there. Tea, coffee, people would bring snacks. Um, we could do ping pong, we could do foosball. I knew it, you know, it sort of kept growing, this place. And as I talked about it, people would add things. We could do this, we could do that. But what happened was people said, we love the building, it's so cute. We're so happy that you're gonna restore the building. But they said, why would anybody go? And even though I was enthusiastic like I am now, talking about it, nobody was doing what, what we ended up doing. And so they couldn't understand why anybody would go to a place like that. It's sort of like a coffee shop, sort of like an art center. Anyway, I said, it's okay, you know, it may work, it may not work, but we got some people invested in the beginning. So this is what it looked like when we started, you know, took out the foundation and raised it up. And uh, that was the biggest problem with the building, really, was that the foundation was buckled. So I think once people saw that we lifted it up and we poured the new foundation, then they began to believe a little bit more, like, okay, I think this could happen. But it really took quite a while. We bought it in 2011, and it wasn't until really 2017 that we had finished it. So it was a number of years. And there's the new foundation, and we built an addition. So, um, you know, I had the privilege to work with just brilliant creative people. I had a great architect that figured out how to do, now, I can talk about this for hours, so I'm gonna try to, I have six minutes, I think I'm close to the end, right? Yes, okay, okay. Um, uh, so I'm not gonna tell you about all the great things, I'm just gonna say, look at this great thing, okay, next, sorry. Um, okay, so here's a great before and after picture, right? So on the left, you can see that's what it looked like um, when, we, when we bought it, or when we cleaned it up a little. And on the right is, is the way it looks filled with people. So now, this is, um, you know, fast forward to all the work that we did. Um, you can see that we um, have work parties, so the picture on the left is all the people that gather together to work on the yard, the grounds, the cleaning. Um, just, you know, many, many people. And on the right we have our great Minoj, who's taught like four sold out cooking classes, Indian cooking classes. So, you know, it's just filled with activity now. On the left, we, you see we have a space for toddlers downstairs, we have a foosball table, we have a ping pong table. There's two levels. I can keep talking forever, okay. This is the front of the building. Um, you know, basically two years before COVID, we were open full time, then COVID, crunched us a little, and then now we're back, and we're at pre-COVID levels. So we're open, you know, 43 hours a week, plus two or three nights a week. We run by volunteers. Um, about 50 volunteers run it. Um, that little, I'll just tell you, that little, see that mailbox in the front? Isn't that cute? So that is actually a custom mailbox, and I don't even know if you can see it. It's got underneath holding it up is a shape of a violin, and I play violin. So the guy that built this for us, which you can see is a copy of the building, um, built, uh, did the violin, and he, he surprised me with the, with, the, with the installation, and he said, that's you holding up the building. Which is, isn't that adorable? And he, 
he is not that way. So it was, I just about cried when he, when he gave it to me. So, um, so fun, we're open. Okay, let's keep going here. We gotta get out of here. Okay, so lots of music. We formed a Carter Street band. I actually play violin, as you know, fiddle. So we formed this band that did a lot of concerts. And on the right, more musicians. Um, lots of music, lots of activity. Very beautiful. Keep talking. Um, improv, comedy, can't have enough comedy. So, you know, whatever people come in and they say, this is so cool, can we do an improv night? And I'm like, yes, of course. And so this group formed. So it's a whole improv comedy troupe. They rehearse there every week and they do sold out performances several times a year. It's like a magnet. It's very cool, I have to say. You gotta come see it. Um, so outside, we just this two years ago finished the outside. So now we have outdoor concerts. This past summer we had 11 outdoor concerts. In 2020 we had 16, which was COVID time, right? So it was perfect because people could come see live music. Musicians were just begging to come. They could perform. And um, so it was very cool that we could do that because we couldn't be inside. Um, and on the right, you can just see a little bit of the outside. Um, we got an award for that because it's such a gorgeous site. And that was, you know, not me. It was one of our garden design people. It's just, just a fabulous place. And here's our Sunday school girls. Look at them. So, um, I know, I've got to finish. Okay, so um, this is the second, this is the last slide pretty much. So, just so you know, these five women and I, and there's eight of us that meet every other year, because we grew up in this church. We went to Sunday school here all through elementary school and high school, and so we get together every two years for a reunion, and they came to one of my concerts. And so this is part of our marketing materials and I said, we're going to use this at the Goshen College Awards Ceremony. So Karen and Trish can be embarrassed. <laughs> no, they're not embarrassed. Okay. So here's, this is the final slide. And now to just quit the talk, I'm going to just show and tell. So as you can imagine, I hope I expressed how fabulous this place is and also that it's not me. It's my, my team and hundreds of others. I just had the idea. So lots of people come and say, we want to do this in our community because it really has alleviated um, loneliness and made a place to connect, creating conditions to connect. So I created this workbook. So I go and consult with lots of towns around New England and helps them know the nuts and bolts of how to raise money, how to do marketing, how to run a project. And then this is hot off the press, 216 beautiful pictures of the renovation. So if any of you are interested in details, which I skipped over, about how we actually renovated this beautiful space, it's in this book, and I'll have it at the reception. So thank you very much for listening. Sorry, it took so long. Thank you very much. It's such an honor to be involved in an event like this and be among people who have done so much to live our institutional values and who have served with such distinction here in their home communities and around the world. You're all invited to a reception in their honor immediately following the convocation in the fellowship halls. I would be remiss if I did not welcome our guest alumni, American Sign Language interpreter. Joining us from Indianapolis in the class of 2021, this is Elsie Kuplichty.
At this time, I invite Jason Samuel, class of 1993, up to the stage for a special announcement, and then Dr. Scott Hostetler, class of 1997, who will lead us in the singing of the Goshen College alma mater. The words can be found in the back of your program. Try again. Can everybody hear me? Okay, hey, everybody. I love homecoming weekend. So think about this. You know, Goshen College has been around since 1894. And over that time, we've had countless unofficial mascots that have come and gone. Well, we finally got it right. So today, we're going to introduce the first official, physical Goshen College mascot. We're still going to be the Maple Leafs. We'll always be the Maple Leafs. But we wanted some kind of physical presence that wouldn't blow away in the wind. Okay? So as many of you know... We did uh, a search, you know, we, we talked to the alumni, we talked to the students, we talked to those constituents and part of the Goshen College community, and I think we came up with an awesome representation with the black squirrel. And then, you know, we had to choose the name, right? And I think the black squirrel's great, and this name was far and away the number one choice in all the groups that we surveyed. So we feel great about that too. So, right now I'm excited to introduce this mascot. And the great thing about it is it's gonna foster that community that we want, right? That energy and the pride in being part of Goshen College. Whether you're a current student, an alumni, or just part of the greater college family. So now, the moment you've all been waiting for, okay? I need a drum roll though. Please welcome Dan the Squirrel Man. Yes, Dan. Okay, just kidding, just kidding. But you know, the great thing is we wanted to give Dan a chance to thank him for all the work he did as the unofficial mascot over the last year, right? And give him a chance to retire in style, right? With a true set. And the great thing is Dan's going to be around for a little bit longer to show our new squirrel mascot the ropes, okay? All right, now. Here's what we really need to do, all right? I need you to give me a real drum roll for the real new squirrel. All right, everybody. Our new mascot, Dash the Squirrel. small but mighty, clever and quick and strong, just like Goshen College. And I'd also like to introduce Lauren Ford, the Squirrel Whisperer. Thanks everybody for coming out. If you want pictures with Dash, Dash will be available as soon as you're out of here. And if you want to meet Dash or see Dash in action, come down to First Fridays tonight. Also, the food trucks tomorrow around lunchtime, and at the men's soccer game on campus in the afternoon. Happy homecoming weekend! Here, we got to do the alma mater. I got to finish my job.
There's a spot in Indiana where the leafy maple grows. Tis our dear beloved city where the Elkhart River flows. Tis a spot we love most dearly. Tis a spot we cherish for.